Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight is finally live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show. We cover soccer in Atlanta, in Georgia, in the southeast, in the United States, in this hemisphere on the planet and beyond, if we can find it, that's what we do on AST. And you guys know we usually start at 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights, unless the Hawks are balling. No Hawks tonight. Kind of a crazy night in the soccer world. The craziest night of soccer action I have ever broadcast, that's for sure. And that's why we're starting a segment later than usual. Uh, as you guys, many of you know, uh, we cover high school soccer on my Soccer Down Here platform. And we do live broadcasts on Tuesdays and Fridays. You're going to get to hear a lot of games from all over the state on the platform this season. It's week two of the Georgia high school season this week. And tonight we picked a match that should not have interfered with Atlanta soccer tonight. It was supposed to be a 6 o'clock start between McIntosh and Clarkston playing down in Peachtree City. That's where I'm at right now. Because that 6 o'clock match started at 7.40 due to some transportation issues for the Angoras of Clarkston. That still would have worked out just fine. Good match. Back and forth. Entertaining. Both teams kind of trying to find their footing after the long delay or the long bus ride, depending on which side you were on. McIntosh ended up finding the opening goal and taking the lead. It was Aiden Dollins in the first half who gave the Chiefs the lead. Second half, Clarkston was really growing into the game and starting to create some opportunities. And then a very unfortunate injury for one of the Clarkston stars, Marin Mateu, a serious ankle injury, and the ambulance had to be called to help Mateu get off the, the side of the field and also go to the ER to get x-rays. Hopefully nothing too serious for Mateo, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on our Soccer Down Here platforms where we cover high school soccer all over the state. But that then further delayed the match. It was looking like the timing would still work out for the game to end and then for me to jump on with you guys. And then there was a lot of controversy when play restarted. There was a goal scored by Clarkston to equalize. 
That was brought back for offside, which didn't appear to be the case from our angle. Not the best of angles in terms of offside in the 18-yard box. So that's brought back, and then not too long after that, McIntosh went down and scored a goal of their own that was controversial. Clarkston felt like it was offside. It wasn't in the ensuing dissent and argument and debate about the how how valid that goal was. A Clarkston player was sent off, and that backed everything up past the game ending that was supposed to be a 6 o'clock start ending after 10 o'clock. One of those nights at the office, so thank you for bearing with me and getting on the air. Uh, McIntosh is a team you're going to have to watch for in Georgia high school soccer this year. This is a team with a lot of new faces, but as we were saying in the broadcast, a lot of experience on the back line, and this is a team led by Bunky Colvin, one of the winningest coaches in Georgia high school soccer history. This is a team that will always be well-organized. This is a team that will always be tough to break down. And this was their first match of the season. It looked like the plan coming in, which is not a surprise if you know Bunky and you know McIntosh, be tough to beat and then build from there. And I thought defensively they were good tonight against a high-powered Clarkston team. Call it two, one of the top leading returning scorers in the state, 22 goals last year was really difficult for him to get on the ball. Good defensive performance from McIntosh. They made it to the quarterfinals last year in 5A, upset by Midtown, who made it all the way to the final. You know, that's going to stick with with Bunky Colvin and this team. They're going to want to make a run. This is a team that's won eight state championships, and they start the season tonight for them with a 2-0 win over the Clarkston Angoras. But don't sleep on Clarkston either. This is a, a team that, has a lot of individual talent. And at times tonight, we saw them start to put things together and be very dangerous. And at times, they looked very disorganized. And that's something that they will be working on throughout the year. They made it to the round of 16 in the 4A state tournament last season. So a wild night, a a game that even in high school, they play 40-minute halves, something I've still never understood that is done in Georgia high school soccer and is is done around the country in high school soccer, I suppose. A lot of states play 40-minute halves and 80-minute matches. So a night that with an 80-minute match that was supposed to start at 6 o'clock ended up delaying me getting on Atlanta soccer tonight, this evening. But like I said, thanks for bearing with me and thanks for everybody at the staff at the station. All right, so we got a lot to talk about tonight because we are less than two weeks away from the start of Major League Soccer for Atlanta United. We're almost two weeks away right now from the start of the regular season. The first match will be next Wednesday, Miami and Real Salt Lake. There's a lot to digest from Atlanta United's preseason. Last week, I was down in St. Petersburg with the team for the 120-minute match. This one was somehow even longer than that tonight. 120 minutes with Montreal, two 60-minute matches, four 30-minute periods, however you want to break it up. It was a 2-1 win for Atlanta over the 120 minutes, and then a 2-0 win on Saturday over the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Kind of what stands out to me about those games, I don't need to go into a lot of detail on them. A lot of you have heard the full-time report. Hopefully you're checking that out with Abe Gordon and Garrett Chapman 
after Atlanta United matches. Mike Conti and I will be on a lot of those full-time reports as the season goes on, especially the home games. We're working on some very cool things for you for our post-game coverage. But Abe and Garrett broke everything down from Saturday. We talked a lot during the match about specifics from that Montreal match. But big picture things, kind of where I'm at with this Atlanta United team as we are almost there to the opener. And you have a very tough opponent against the Columbus crew in that opener, the defending champions. Let's kind of work in position groups and, and, and get caught up on where this team is. They have one more match in preseason. It's behind closed doors on Saturday against Sporting Kansas City. We won't know much from that. I'm assuming maybe there's some pictures, maybe there's some highlights from field cameras. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get lineups or anything like that. But the plan going into that is to treat it like a regular season match. Have guys play 90 minutes if they can. Get into the rhythm of playing a match on Saturday, then a week of recovery and training to get ready for the next match. That's the plan. We'll see if that changes with this week. The team is training in the South Florida area before that match, which will be played in Fort Lauderdale. So in the position groups of kind of where things stand for Atlanta United, let's start up front because we know this team is going to score goals. That's not a concern with Atlanta United really any time, but especially this year. The only concern has been the maybe the health of Yorgos Yakamakis here in preseason. He's battled some injuries. We haven't seen a whole lot of him. We didn't see him in the matches last week on Wednesday and on Saturday. I don't know really where he stands. If it had been a playoff match, could he have gone? Potentially, he was working on the side in training on Thursday and Friday. Very light sessions for the group as you're recovering from a match and getting ready for the next one. Yorgos Yakamakis' health, he's one of the top scorers in the league, so obviously that's very important. Shande Silva, I think, has had a very good preseason on the left side. Shande Silva could be the biggest surprise in Major League Soccer in 2024. I think in Atlanta, we know what he can bring to the table. Big personality, big talent, big skill level. You get him now where he's in a team that he feels very, very comfortable in. It feels like home to him now. Remember, he joined late last year and had some jaw-dropping moments of talent. And he had some games where he disappeared a little bit. I think going into 2024, you're looking for consistency. But if he plays at the level on the top end that we saw last season and that we've seen in preseason quite a bit, he's going to be a problem in Major League Soccer in 2024. On the other wing, Sabalob Janitza has been a little bit slower going in the preseason. I'm not worried about him once you get into the season, but it's been a little bit slower for him. What I've really liked has been the interchangeability of those wingers. It's a word. I, I've looked it up many times. It doesn't seem like it's a real word, but it's a real word. Shande and Saba will start on the left and right, respectively, but they'll end up on the opposite side many times. They'll both end up on the same side many times. They create overloads. That movement is so key. And the other element of the front line that we haven't seen in preseason yet is Tiago Almada. He has been able to get Argentina qualified for the Olympics, captaining the U23 team at the South American qualifying tournament, wearing the number 10, being the best player in the tournament, according to most of the reports. It's been great in the matches that I have seen. 
and leading that team. And I think that leadership side of it is very, very important. How long of a break will he need after that tournament where he's played a lot of games in a short period of time? Don't know. And it's not something I think you have to rush. Will he be ready for the Columbus match? That I don't know. And that I'll be really curious to see how Gonzalo Pineda handles that because you've got to manage the physical workload that he has had in matches. I think fitness isn't really going to be the concern. But the mental fatigue from leading that team in that tournament, that's going to take a toll too. And Gonzalo Pineda has been a manager who has been very intelligent in how he's handled the mental side of the game for his players. He's given players breaks when they've needed them, and not from a physical perspective, but from a mental perspective, from an emotional perspective. Will Tiago Almada need that? I don't know yet, and I don't know if he knows that yet. That tournament just ended on Sunday. You want to get him into the mix as quickly as, as you can, but he knows this team inside and out. You know the talent that you have there. You're not worried about that in the long, long run. The midfield. I think behind Almada, we have seen Bartosz Slish and Tristan Muyamba play together for a, a pretty extended run of games now after Slish missed the preseason opener. They're still building chemistry. It's still a work in progress for Slish, who joined the team a little bit later, came after a half season, played in Europe. A lot of miles on his legs in this half season so far in Europe. You got to manage that. But I think you're seeing some of the qualities that he brings to the table. Maybe a little bit more defensively minded than Mateus Hosechu was, who I thought played a good good position as the six last year, paired with Muyamba, allowed Muyamba to shine. I think with Slish and Muyamba, ultimately with those two, you're going to see a little bit more uh, of a give and take between the two. Sometimes it'll be Muyamba who sits and Slish carries the ball forward or gets forward. Other times, more often, it'll be the opposite. I like what those two can bring when it's clicking. You've got to get them clicking just a little bit more. And look, that's just going to take a little bit of time. The back line is the other incomplete one, and we'll finish up this after the break. Steon Gregerson, we did see him on Saturday against the Rowdies. We didn't see him on the Wednesday or against Memphis. How close to full fitness will he be for the Columbus match? He's looked very, very good when he's been on the field. He is an, impo an imposing presence with his six foot five frame, his speed, his quality on the ball, obviously his aerial ability. Steon Gregerson is a very, very good addition to this team. You want to see him get time next to Luis Abram, although Derek Williams has had a very good preseason, as has Noah Cobb. That competition at center back is good for all four of them. Efrain Morales has also had a very good preseason, so let's go all five of them. I think Gregerson and Abram are your two starters when they are playing at the level that you expect from them. They're going to be pushed all year long by Williams, who will get playing time, by Cobb, who will get playing time in Major League Soccer, and by Morales, who I think will get playing time in Major League Soccer in 2024. Caleb Wiley, Brooks Lennon, you know what to expect there. The big question, goalkeeper. Talked about that coming into preseason. We'll talk about it a little bit more after the break. You're listening to Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore, and we have two more segments to go. This is normally the time for the 3-4-3, but it's been a crazy night of soccer and waiting and all kinds of other things here in Peachtree City as we were on site for the call with McIntosh and Clarkston, the Chiefs ended up winning 2-0 on the night when a match that was supposed to start at 6 p.m. ended after 10 p.m. after a long delay and then another delay and then red card and then some arguing and then all kinds of things. It was one of those nights. So you've got two more segments of AST. And where we left off, we were talking about Atlanta United. Preseason, one game to go. It's against Sporting Kansas City on Saturday. You're not going to get to watch that one or listen to it. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who has listened and watched the preseason coverage from Atlanta United matches. On 92.9 The Game, we broadcast three matches in preseason, more than any other radio station in the country. We also carried four streams on the Atlanta United website with our commentary there as well. Uh, Tens of thousands of listeners and viewers. So for teams around MLS who are opting not to stream their preseason matches on the whole, of course, you're going to have some that are behind closed doors like Atlanta's last one on Saturday, which is a little bit of a dress rehearsal for the opener against Columbus. You're going to have some like that. That's okay. But there's a lot of value in carrying these matches. There's a lot of value for us as commentators to, you know, get – ready for the regular season ourselves. There's a lot of value, I think, for the fan base. Generates excitement. You guys have had a chance to see guys like Matias Gaichardo for Atlanta United. Second team player has played very, very well. Javier Armas as well has had a great preseason. I've said it a few times. I feel like Noah Cobb has maybe had the best preseason for Atlanta United's first team players. Probably going to play quite a few matches with the second team. You've seen Ashton Gordon, and one of my favorite things about this preseason has been how everyone in the first team has taken Ashton on, I don't know, almost like a little brother. 
Sean De Silva has called him his son, which he's not, by the way, but that's what Sean Day has said. If you missed the mic'd up video with Atlanta United and Sean De Silva, go back and watch that. And I want to see all the outtakes because Sean Day is one of the funniest guys in this group. But Sean Day has taken Ashton under his wing. Yorgos Yakamakis has taken Ashton under his wing, given him advice, watching Ashton Gordon in training sessions and how the coaches have done a great job in really working with him in the context of the session, giving him, you know, not additional time because he needs it, but he's playing as a number nine. And in the academy, he's typically played on the wing. I think one of the the success stories of preseason for Atlanta United has been how quickly Ashton Gordon is picking things up about playing centrally, playing as a nine, playing with his back to goal, for example. It's been a lot of fun to see that development. These are things that you get to see in preseason when teams allow you to see that. And Atlanta United has done that. I hope you guys have had a chance to take advantage of that. If you haven't, you can go back and watch the matches on YouTube and you can listen to Mike Conti and myself on commentary for that. It's been a lot of fun covering this team in preseason. And I think there's a ton of value for teams and for fan bases to be part of that whole process. One of the big talking points coming into preseason, still in preseason, I think it will be a talking point, honestly, for a lot of 2024, is the goalkeeper battle for Atlanta United. Brad Gazan has been the incumbent since day one. Even when he wasn't here in the first half of 2017, you knew he was going to be the number one as he was finishing up his time in England. He came in, took over the starting job, and has held on to it when he's been healthy ever since. 39 years old now. This is the first season that there has been significant competition at the goalkeeper position. Josh Cohen was signed after a successful run with Maccabi Haifa in Israel. He's played matches in UEFA competitions. We've gotten a chance to see a good bit of him in preseason. We've got a chance to see a good bit of Brad Gazan in preseason. I think ultimately goals allowed has been a negative for Cohen. But if you look at the quality of those goals that have been conceded, not really on Cohen. And that's something that came up last year when the conversation was about save percentage for Brad Gazan. But you weren't looking at the quality of the shots that were being conceded in front of him and saves that he could not make because of the quality of the shot or where it was or what happened in the lead up to that. So... You can't get caught up in pure numbers when you look at these things. And I think especially at goalkeeper, there's a lot of things you have to look at when you're looking at who is the better goalkeeper or who is the one who should start. I don't really have an answer to who should start right now because I don't think either one has been poor in preseason. I don't think either one's separated from the other one in preseason. I think you've seen both goalkeepers with Good ability on the ball in buildup, which is a huge part of playing goalkeeper for Atlanta United. I think leadership, obviously that's something that Brad Gazan has been part of from day one. That's a little bit easier for him right now. Josh Cohen is still getting to know the guys in this group. This is his first time with them. So leadership, that's something that Brad Gazan is going to have and, and probably for a while with this group. And that's very valuable as well. I think these are two guys as, you know, we've known Brad for a long time here in Atlanta and we're getting to know Josh Cohen. I think these are two guys who are going to compete. 
they're going to do it the right way. They're going to push each other, but also support each other. And you have Quentin Westberg in that goalkeeper room as well, and he's a very important piece of this. You have three guys who have a lot of different experience. They're going to make each other better, and the best one will play. Will that be the same answer as to who the best one is week after week after week this season? I don't think it will be. I think this is the first season that we've had with Atlanta United where that will be the case. I think you're going to see both starting goalkeepers, and I think you have two starting goalkeepers right now in Josh Cohen and Brad Kazan. I think you're going to see both get a good number of starts in 2024. Who will start in the opener in Columbus? I don't know. I would not be surprised either way at this stage. And that's something that's going to be really interesting to watch over the year. I I don't think it's going to be an issue. I know it's a really easy cliche to throw out that if you don't have a a nailed down, or if you have two starters, you don't have a starter. You know, we can run through all the cliches in the book on this. I think in this case, you have two guys who are both over the age of 30 who are adults about the situation. And they both want to start. But they're not going to be a problem if they're not. And they're going to support the other one and support the group. That was the number one thing that I took away from my time in St. Petersburg last week with the team. For a team that has had a lot of new faces and for a team that has had a good bit of turnover in the last, what, 18 months, this team's got a lot of personality. And I think they're building a really strong togetherness in the group. You never know how that's going to happen. You never know how that's going to come together. It's, it's impossible to predict. It's impossible to predict how a team comes together on the field. We can look at how players play. We can look at highlight films. We can look at numbers. We can do all these things and say this team should be great on paper. You don't know how it fits on the field. The harder thing is how it fits personally. You never know whether we're talking about a group of people in a workplace, whether we're talking about a class of students, whether we're talking about a team, an office, it doesn't matter. You have a group of people, you have everyone's individual personalities, and then you have a collective personality once that group gets together. And when people come and go, that collective personality changes a little bit. What struck me watching this team interact was how bonded they are this fast. You had the older players, the veterans supporting the younger players, going out of their way to support the younger players. You had players from the U.S. who are supporting the guys from overseas. You had players helping each other out and just being there for one another. Was really impressed to see all that. And that's something that is very hard to get. And it's something that when you get it, you want to cherish it and you want to keep it. Hopefully this group can stay bonded as we've seen so far. That's going to help them as this is going to be a long season. There's going to be a lot of things that happen in 2024. There's going to be a lot of adversity. There's going to be injuries that happen. There's going to be changes to the lineup. There's going to be competition. There's going to be a lot of competitions to play. This is going to be a long season. That bonded nature of this group early is going to help them in those moments. Now, we'll get into a, a more of an MLS preview next week as we're into match week number one. But 
as we finish this segment on Atlanta soccer tonight, I, I wanted to get into and remind you of some of the new on-field rules in 2024 in MLS. Because we've seen these play out a little bit in preseason, and it's important to keep these things in mind. Remember, the idea around this for MLS, for the professional referees organization, they want to prioritize player health, safety, fan enjoyment, advancing the game, while upholding the integrity of the competition. The biggest one that we've seen play out in preseason so far is the off-field treatment rule. If a player with a suspected injury or a player who is just down on the ground remains on the ground for more than 15 seconds, the referee will stop play, wave the medical crew on, and then that player will have to stay off the field for a minimum of two minutes while play commences. If the player refuses medical care, pops up, the referee can allow play to restart. We saw this play out in game number one of preseason. Shonda Silva maybe forgot about the new rule. Then the referees misapplied the new rule and ended up off the field for over five minutes. It's two minutes they have to stay off the field. And I think what you're seeing from referees, and I hope we see this in the first few weeks of the season, is a gentle reminder when a player stays down. Look, we've gotten accustomed to a player feels like they were fouled. They stay down on the ground. They want to have that conversation with the referee. They want to make a point. And they stay down, and they stay down, and they stay down. And the play gets delayed. And then they get up when they're told to get up. Now, they don't have that luxury. They have to get up. And I hope that referees are intelligent about using this rule to get guys back on their feet and start playing. We don't have to have a stopwatch. Go remind them. Tell them to get up. If they don't get up, wave people on. If they do get up, let's move on. We don't have to have a stopwatch on it. There's supposed to be a stopwatch on substitutions now. Players are supposed to leave the field of play within 10 seconds when they're substituted out of a match. Now, we saw this in Next Pro last year. We saw the off-field treatment rule in Next Pro as well. And the games moved faster. In Next Pro last season, 2023, 99.7% of the more than 3,200 substitutions were completed in 10 seconds or less. So you're not going to see guys slow walk it off the field. You're not going to see guys try to take the longest route to get off the field. They have to get off the field, any point on the field, within 10 seconds. If they don't, the incoming player will have to wait for a 60-second holding period and then enter the match at the next stoppage. Team has to play down a player when that happens. You're going to see guys get off the field really quickly. That's important. These are things that are going to move play faster. A couple others that haven't been talked about as much because we haven't seen them really play out in preseason. Return to play equity. Opposing players who simultaneously incur head injuries requiring off-field treatment will return to the game at the same time once both medical evaluations have been completed. Players are cleared to play. Sometimes you see one able to get back on faster. In this case, if it's a simultaneous head injury, both players are off the field for the same period of time. I think that's fair. That makes sense to me. You're going to hear in-stadium VAR announcements. IFAB approved VAR decisions to be made public in-stadium by the referee and to viewers at home starting this season. That makes sense to me. We're used to that with American football and other sports. Tell us what the decision was. Makes sense. You're also going to see stoppage time clocks. So the scoreboards in the stadiums. They're going to run until the completion of the half, including whatever additional time it is. If it's nine minutes of stoppage time it gets played, you're going to see that final clock run to 99. Makes sense to me. And I'll leave you with this. The points of emphasis from the professional referees organization when it comes to competition in 2024. 
These are the things they're worried about. These are the things that they're going to focus on. Deliberate delays of restarts. Stopping a promising attack. SPA. Get used to that acronym. Persistent infringement. I'll believe that one when I see it. Dissent. I'll also believe that one when I see it. Hopefully, all these things roll out smoothly and we get games moving faster and more actual time played on the pitch in MLS in 2024. Coming up next in five minutes, three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. It's the 3-4-3 up next in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with a 343. 3-4-3. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, final segment on the road tonight in Peachtree City. McIntosh High School was the site of our soccer down here Tuesday night throwdown. McIntosh hosting Clarkston and the Chiefs won 2-0 here at home in a match that seemed like it wanted to go on forever. That's why you're getting a little bit bonus AST after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. But y'all know how we finish the show out by now. It's the 3-4-3. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Let's start on the local side. And number one, Atlanta United 2, second preseason match of the year. 1-1 draw over the weekend with Charlotte Independence. Kareem Tamimi with the goal. Tamimi had a really successful first year last year as a professional. A little bit older, professional debut last year for him. He came up through the French Academy system. Didn't get a professional deal. Came to the States to go to college at Georgia Gwinnett was a star for the Grizzlies, and adapted really well to the professional game with Atlanta United, too. He's going to be one of the veterans in that team, which will be a little bit younger, I think, in 2024. I think you're going to see a few more academy players get time. But you need guys like Karim Tamimi, and it's great to see him getting a goal early in preseason. A 1-1 draw with Charlotte Independence. The twos will be back in action in preseason on Saturday. Number two on the local side, a new announcement for a team, Athens United, a youth club that I'm sure many of you know or have played against or have coached against. Athens United will launch USL League 2 and USLW League teams starting this summer. I had heard some things about this bubbling up, and I don't know the long-term plans 
for Athens United and USL. I've always felt like Athens would be a no-brainer when it comes to USL League One on the professional side in the third division, maybe even more than that. And don't forget, the USL has now launched the USL Super League, which is a sanctioned Division One professional women's league. They earned the Division One sanctioning last week at the U.S. Soccer AGM. So they will be Division One right alongside the NWSL. They're going to have a season that starts in the fall and finishes in the spring, as opposed to the NWSL, which starts in the spring and finishes in the fall. Can't wait to see how all that shakes out. More opportunities for players is a great thing. Would love to see Athens United grow into those kind of a, a situation. Probably going to take a little bit of time in USL League 2 on the men's side and USLW League on the women's side. But you're going to get a chance to watch high-level soccer in Athens this summer with Athens United. I'm, I'm really excited for everybody at Athens United. They've been good friends to us over the years. Number three, some high school scores from around the state. We're in week two of the regular season. Already mentioned it off the top. McIntosh, the Chiefs, 2 no winners in their season opener tonight over the Clarkston Angoras. Goals were scored by Aiden Dollins and Aaron Ajay. Good performance from the Chiefs. They get the clean sheet in game number one. We'll be excited to see them continue this year. Only one loss in 2023 for the Chiefs. Some other scores from around the state. South Cobbs Girls, this is a program on the rise. A big 8-1 win over Langston Hughes. Excited to see South Cobbs continued development with a pretty young program. It's been exciting to get to know their rise as they are getting more and more competitive every time out. On the boys' side, Collins Hill, 7A. They beat number one-ranked Peachtree Ridge in penalties. Jackson Burrell made a big save in the shootout, along with some big saves in regulation for the Eagles to earn the win over Peachtree Ridge. Some other scores, Dunwoody's boys beat Campbell 4-3. Midtown's girls won at North Forsyth, but the Raiders' boys won 5-1 in the nightcap. Northview's boys won 4-2 over South Gwinnett. A double for east side of Covington. Their girls won 10-0, while the boys won 6-0 over Newton. State title contenders Social Circle on the girls' side. They won 7-1 over Monroe area. And Lambert's boys won 2-0 over Jefferson. Over 130 games were played around the state tonight in boys and girls' action. You can get all the scores at scoreboard, S-C-O-R-B-O-R-D.com, or at Max Preps. And we'll be back on the road next Tuesday after Shambly's boys and girls play. Shambly's girls defending state champions in 5A. Four headlines from around the world. Let's start with number one, the Champions League. It is back in Europe, and the first legs of the round of 16 were played today. FC Copenhagen hosted Manchester City. RB Leipzig hosted Real Madrid. It was the road teams who got wins on the road, not too unexpectedly. Manchester City won 3-1. That match was 1-1 late in the first half. And Real Madrid won 1-0 on the road. Makes them pretty heavy favorites in the second leg where they will be hosting. Tomorrow, it's Lazio hosting a slumping Bayern Munich squad. Slumping is maybe the very nice way to put it. PSG hosting Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad, a team that I'm looking forward to seeing and how they handle PSG. PSG expected to have Kylian Mbappe back into the squad. Number two on the headlines, Ivory Coast. The 
absolute craziest run to a continental title that has ever happened, maybe outside of Denmark in 1992 where they weren't even in, supposed to be in the tournament, and then Yugoslavia got kicked out of the tournament, and Denmark players came off the beaches on vacation, and they go and win the whole thing. That was pretty crazy. This one was crazy inside of the tournament itself. A very entertaining African Cup of Nations. The hosts end up winning the tournament. They beat Nigeria 2-1 in the final. They lost 4-0 to Equatorial Guinea in the last group match. The heaviest loss in tournament history by a home country. They lost in the last group match. Looked like they weren't going to make it out of the group stage. Third place teams were able to get through and they barely, 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 barely made it into the knockout round. This is after they fired their coach. They fire the coach. An assistant takes over, changes the lineup a little bit. They build some momentum, and Ivory Coast goes all the way to win this tournament. It was insane. But you had some other great stories as well. Cape Verde, the smallest of the countries competing. They knocked Ghana out early on, came within a penalty shootout, of reaching the semifinals. Equatorial Guinea mentioned their 4-0 win over the eventual winners, Ivory Coast. Their 34-year-old captain, Emilio Insue, plays for a third-division club in Spain on the back line, and he ends up as the tournament's leading scorer. 2025 Cup of Nations is going to be in Morocco. I don't think it can match this tournament for craziness. We don't even know exactly when it's going to be held yet. Is it going to be at the start of the year? Or is it going to be in June, July, where it would clash with the new Club World Cup that FIFA is going to have played in the United States and is going to be heavily expanded? We will see. That's that's the one drawback to the African Cup of Nations, and it's something that I hope they eventually figure out. A consistent time in the calendar. I know it's difficult. It's difficult for them to play in the summertime because of temperatures. I get that. But let's get this locked into the calendar and let's get this locked into where you don't have the club country debates and any of the other issues that we've seen with this tournament. It was an amazing watch, and I hope everyone out there had an opportunity to enjoy some of it. The Asian Cup, maybe not quite as wild and crazy. Qatar ended up winning it at home in the final over Jordan. It's Atlanta Soccer tonight, a little bit extended edition this evening. It's the 3-4-3. I'm Jason Longshore. We are to headline number three. Brazil. And, oh, Brazil. We've said this a few times over the last year, but they did not qualify for the Olympics. Argentina knocked them out. It's always painful for Brazil to fail on the soccer pitch. It's even more painful when they fail at the hands of Argentina. It's an embarrassment, is what John Kennedy, one of their their top players, said. He said, we should have wanted to win more than we did. Brazilian teams have failed to qualify for Olympics before. They've never failed to qualify for a World Cup. But the the reason why this one might be a little bit different, Brazil's senior national team is in a rough spot as well. Out of 10 teams in South American qualifying, they are only in sixth place. Neymar, top star, he's been out with a serious knee injury since October. A lot of people put a lot of pressure on 17-year-old striker Endrick. Endrick is going to join Real Madrid this summer. 17 years old, playing in this U23 Olympic qualifying tournament. And he played well. He scored two goals in seven games. He didn't play badly. The pressure was too much. Tiago Almada ended up scoring five goals in the tournament, for example. 
Endrick 17. This was his first time at this level. The expectations were too high. Brazil gets back in action on the senior side in March. They play England. They play Spain. They have not played well. These are friendlies, but these are important games. They don't have a full-time coach yet. Dorval Jr. was hired in January after the Brazilian Federation tried to get Carlo Ancelotti. He ended up staying at Real Madrid. They had brought in Fernando Denise on an interim basis while he was still coaching club team. It, none of it has worked. None of it has worked, and we see what happens in the long run. I don't know if Dorval Jr. would be the, the guy or not, but Brazil has been a mess. That mess has gotten a little bit bigger after Olympic qualifying was a failure. Number four in the headlines, NWSL expansion side Bay FC. They are spending some money, and they are putting together a quality team in year one. They have completed the signing of Zambia striker, striker Rachel Kundanaji from Madrid CCF, a world record transfer, $787,600, according to reports. ESPN is reporting that. That would pass the previous record that was set last month by Chelsea when they signed Myra Ramirez from Levante for around $500,000 or so. The transfer fees in the women's game are growing very, very quickly. That's exciting to see. This Bay FC team is going to be very exciting to see. Kundananji will be paired up with Asiat Oshaola from Nigeria, an incredible player, two of the top scorers in the Spanish league, one with 25, one with 21. You're going to get them in one team at Bay FC in the NWSL this year. Cannot wait to see it. All right, three things quickly that make me smile about the game while we sign off here on AST. Number one, South Georgia Tormenta. They made a $25,000 donation of equipment to the Bullock County Boys and Girls Club. This was part of a season of giving sale back in December. The organization made a promise to the Bullock County Boys and Girls Club to make an in-kind donation of merchandise matching the dollar amount that fans spent during the sale. So kids who play at the Bullock County Boys and Girls Club, they're going to get professional soccer equipment, clothing, equipment. Very, very cool thing to help grow the game. Big-time props to South Georgia Tormenta for doing this. Number two, having a chance to see the development up close of Javier Armas. Javier Armas is the prototypical Spanish midfielder. He is playing with Atlanta United 2 this season, but he's been with the first team during preseason. Yes, if you've watched a few games, he's the guy who tucks his shirt in at all times. That makes him stand out a little bit. He's so classy on the ball. He's the kind of player that I think anybody who loves that style of play, he's the kind of player that you just you hope to find. You want to be like just an amazing player to watch. His technical ability has been so much fun to see up close with this team. Can't wait to see his development. He's another one of these older college grads who comes in after success at the academy level, after success at college for Armas. It was at Oregon State. Can't wait to see him with Atlanta United 2 this season up at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw. And number three, for me, I missed the first week of the Georgia high school season, getting a chance to see high school soccer up close again tonight. Really entertaining night with McIntosh and Clarkston. Yeah, it went on a little bit longer than we thought it might, but you saw some really good goals. The home team ends up getting the win 2-0 for McIntosh, a team to follow this year. Some players to definitely 
follow in both of these teams. I'm excited to see where Clarkston goes from here as well. But just getting a chance to see it, to feel it, to hear it, to see the excitement, to see those moments of joy on the faces, it's what we all love about the game. And I highly recommend you getting a chance to go out there and watch whatever high schools are around you when they have games, generally on Tuesday and Friday nights. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight, especially waiting around just a little bit later. AST will be back next Tuesday, 10 p.m. Big MLS season preview as we get into match week for Atlanta United. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 